how are we going to get through this? Each person is going to get through this in a different fashion. And I think that the challenge is uniquely perfect for each person who's experiencing it. This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, if I told you there was a man in Washington, D.C. in a big house with a big heart and a love for humans, You might not believe me, but I can tell you it's true because I've seen it with my own eyes. A considered, caring, self-effacing, very successful executive business coach and genius of life, Mark J. Silverman shares his wisdom and perspective as someone who's a father, who's been married, divorced and remarried. He's a learner. He's a podcaster, over 160 podcasts and counting. I give you my dear friend and host of the Mastering Midlife podcast, Mark J. Silverman. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious. It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant, or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. MarkJSilverman.com, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Toby. I appreciate that you uh, care to have my insights in your really incredibly valuable show. Well, you're an incredibly valuable man. So my first question, straight away, we've hit the shit store, Mark. You are a master of midlife. Uh, hence masteringmidlife.com and markjsilverman.com, your incredible podcast, which you've um, published over 140, maybe 150 episodes by now. 160, thank you. Hey, so you're, you're doing very well. Uh, amazing work as an executive coach. So my question to you, Mark, is how are we, and when I say we, I mean people, the human race, society, going to get through this? So first I have to correct something you just said. You said I am a master of midlife. The truth is I'm not a master of anything. The the podcast is called Mastering Midlife. I'm mastering. I am in the process of of learning. Uh, And that kind of goes to the answer to your question is how are we going to get through this? I have no idea. It's going to be different for everybody. This is a learning experience for everybody, for me and for the people that I work with and the people I talk with. It's an opportunity to go inside and to see, you know, like everybody always wonders, who would I be in the zombie apocalypse? Who would I be if I was stuck in World War I when the, with the bombs falling? Who would I have been? This is where you get to find out who you were, who you, you know, who you are and who you can create yourself to be. So how, am, how are we going to get through this? Each person is going to get through this in a different fashion. And I think that the challenge is uniquely perfect for each person who's experiencing it. Great. Strong, strong answer. So then let's move personally to you. You're in uh, America. Where exactly are you in, in the big, big place? I just, um, I'm outside of Washington, D.C., about 30 miles outside of Washington, D.C. Okay, so you're quite near the, um, the center of decision-making. And you're, um, you're running your business as a, as a coach. How are you going to get through this? What's changed? How are you going to deal with the next three months to a year 
Practically, a whole lot hasn't changed for me. Uh, you know, maybe networking and going out to meetings and and doing you know doing workshops and speaking engagements have have uh, dried up. You know, of course, for a lot for everybody, that wasn't the bulk of my business anyway. <clears throat> so I do everything virtually. The podcast, my coaching, my clients are all over the world. So practically, not a lot has changed. But again, this, the the answer to your question is exactly the same as my answer for everybody else is I get through this the way I get everything through everything else. I don't plan a lot. I don't make up a lot. I just kind of live in the moment that's presented to me. So how I'm getting through this is by, by taking each thing that comes my way. Byron Katie says, when you argue with reality, you only lose 100% of the time. So I am just taking what's, what's coming my way each step of the way and making decisions, choices, and creating from there. Is anything happened specifically that 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 you've kind of come up against because you haven't been able to go and network because you haven't been able to do normal things you would in in uh, physical 4D life and that that you've had to had to change had to adapt to sure uh, so with a couple of colleagues and I we started a business club called the Disruption and Innovation Club and it took off uh, it's three months old and it it already went to ninety you know the last uh, event we were going to have had ninety people signed up uh, and that got canceled. So we had to move to virtual. So that was, you know, that's a, that was a very practical, tangible thing that absolutely had to change, go from meeting in person to tangible. And just that slowed the momentum of what we were creating immediately. Right. Um, how, how did you do that? How did you move it from uh, a local local club to to online? What was what was the process and could you walk me through how you right. the, the plug the plug for zoom is huge here you know if everybody's figured out that zoom has saved the world uh what we did was we just changed all the invitations we changed all the marketing material we tried we we contacted everybody who was going to come to the event and told them the event's going to be online and what we did was we had it was on saint patrick's day and we just had a party online everybody brought their their favorite green drink everybody dressed up and was on camera right and about a third of the people showed up that's uh, that's fantastic. In April, we're having an animal house party where everybody needs to show up on their in their togas. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so specifically as as someone who works as a coach, you, as someone who works very deeply with people, as I know, and, and you you get quite deep into people's psyches. You help them move through some pretty heavy stuff, um, and you're very very good at it. Is there anything specific that you've, uh, without obviously breaking any <laughs> confidentiality? Is there anything that you've seen come up as themes with your clients, uh, perhaps around anxiety and around all of that stuff? Like what, what, what's going on there? How are you specifically helping your people, the people that are investing in you to help them through this stuff? That's the, that's the specific thing that, that, that is really tough, is helping people separate from what they're making up to what's real or at least what appears to be real in the world, because we spend uh, you know, so much time in our heads scaring ourselves. So the one thing I need to do with my clients and everybody who talks to me and the, and the lives that I do every day is help people separate from what they're making up in the future, the catastrophe of the future, the disaster of the future. And even if like, they've lost a job and their money is tight and they have to go to a food line you know, now, how do we stay in the present? How do we deal with what's really happening and create from here rather than create from the anxiety, create from the fear, create from what we make up. That, once I get people into the present, dealing with reality, the rest is just things to do. Great. Any 
practical steps that that if someone came to you with with that kind of feeling of overwhelm and fear and money worries and homeschooling and being stuck in a house with their partner like what are your what are your first steps and questions that you would ask them to help them move through this the, the first thing that I'd get everybody to do is breathe everybody is in just a little bit of a state of fight or flight uh, everybody is breathing sh- you know most people in the western world are breathing shallow from their chest and I get people to breathe from their belly I'm not a breathing teacher but it I, this changes the game for everybody when you expand your breath, when you slow down your breath and breathe, take deep breaths, we're missing oxygen. We start to get uh, uh, just more in our bodies where there's more wisdom, where there's more reality. Next thing I do is I ask them, so how are you scaring yourself? What are you making up? Write this down. Tell me what, tell me what the catastrophe I just did with, with one client. I had this, her uh, tell me, uh, she was just all tensed and like, just like, just you could feel the brittleness in her body. And after we got her to breathe and after I got her to, to start to talk about it, I had her actually tell me her biggest fear, her biggest terror about her business, which ended up with a, a 30 minute sobbing session, ugly, crying, just sobbing. And this is a person who is so together and, you know, is experiencing pain in her body and all kinds of stuff. And after about, and she's just like, will this ever stop? When are we going to talk about my business? When are we going to talk about my business? And the fears are coming out and the terror and the grief and the grief and the grief. And after about 30, 35 minutes, she said, I feel lighter. And then we were able to talk about her business. And then we were able to talk about what are the next steps that need to, and she says, I just feel so hopeful now. Because that that fear, all that stuff is just bottled up inside, and we have to be the hero of our businesses, you know. Like so, so the 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 thing I said to her was, you know, like you're wearing the Superman cape. She says, "Yes, I'm Superman in my life." I said, "But you don't hand out capes to anybody else. You don't give other people opportunities to be Superman." And she just lit up with that. She says, "So she's going to have a meeting with her business, hand out capes, and tell everybody we're all Superman. How are we going to get through this? Not how am I going to get through this for you?" Great. Awesome. Tell me about the value of um, crying. So there's a, you know, things come up as anger and things come up as fear. And for me, my experience has been when someone's really, really angry, that means they're actually really, really fearful. Often the anger and the fear lead to sadness underneath. There is grief here. We have lost things. One of my guests on my podcast talked about his grief because his life was on the road giving hugs to people. And he had to deal with his personal grief of being stuck at home. He loved being home with his kids and his wife and all that, but he had to deal with the grief of not going out to be able to hug people, the grief of not being able to take care of your employees if you're a CEO, the grief of, of feeling like a loser because all of a sudden, you were, you were rocking and rolling and your business is going to have to close up. I was talking to, to uh, a CEO and his uh, VP and they, you know, they were just wildly successful and they were getting all kinds of offers to buy their business and they decided to stay in their business and now they're laying off people. Now they're not even sure they can keep their doors open. Like, so the grief of that, you have to deal with that. You have to cry. You have to get the energy moving. When energy gets stuck, whether it's anger, whether it's fear, whether it's sadness, when it gets stuck, uh, you get brittle. 
and you start to you you start to make shit up <laughs> for lack of a better word. And when you get that emotion out, when you get the anger out, usually if I get someone to scream, they end up crying, right? If I get someone to talk about fear, they end up crying. And after that, there's a cleansing and there's a clarity. Um, so when we're when the world is is through the pandemic, when the world is you know. Um, I am hopeful and I'm hopeful that there will be a vaccine and I'm hopeful that this will be under control and I, I, I believe that it will be. I have no control of that, of course, but it looks like there will be another side. It looks like somewhere between three months and 12 months, depending on where you are in the world, who you are, what you do, um, there will be an, another side to this. There will be a post-coronavirus world. Who knows if there's another one coming, but but there will be a post-coronavirus world. So as, as you understand it, because of what's happening now, it's absolutely, it's absolutely no question that the world will never be the same again for all of us. So what, what do you think the other side of this looks like? That's a, that's a tricky question for me because we don't know. Like there, there's just no way to know what's on the other side of this. There's no way to know what's on the other side of this podcast. Uh, I don't know if I'm walking out of the office of my office, uh, door of my office or not. And to spend time really in the future for me is a waste of time. Now, as far as hopeful is concerned, there's going to be a, va- there's going to be a vaccine. There's going to be an improvement in the economy. There's going to be jobs again. And there is going to be another pandemic. And there is going to be another war. And there is go- So for me, it's life is now for me. So learning to deal with this being in the present, no matter what is happening in the present, helps me not worry about and absolutely need hope for the future. Does that make sense? I, I hope that makes sense. I have, a, I have a client whose business fell apart in January. Absolutely fell apart, panic, just everything was destroyed. And we made the decision to talk about how this was the best thing that ever happened to him. Three months later, his business is thriving uh, in fact, driving even more in this pandemic, but also he, his job now is to go counsel other CEOs in how to get through crisis, right? So, he, so this, this crisis is going to make us more resilient if we choose to be. It's going to make us smarter. It's going to have us take things less for granted. It's, gonna, it's, it's just going to change the way we are. And for me to be curious about how it's going to change for me is way more interesting than how the political situation is going to be. So you're a big meditator, you're a big reader, you're a big conversationalist with the podcast. Where do you, where do you go to, to get your information? Where do you go to get, get your peace of mind when you're feeling um, tied up? Uh, when, I'm, when I'm feeling tied up, uh, a woman named Helen Appleby, who's a, who's a fellow podcaster, but a really close friend of mine, she usually, with her wonderful British accent, you know, you know, darling, how are you scaring yourself? You know, she asked me the same questions I would ask her or anybody else. I go find people who will ask me the questions that I would ask of other people because I'll be stuck in my own monkey mind. Uh, I, I am on the floor in my office for 60 to 90 minutes every morning, every morning, every morning, every morning. So, you know, my practice is to know how to get home. My practice is know, to know how to get to center so that when things are here to knock me off, I can't. A pen and a piece of paper, is uh, the best guru I have ever had. I get more out of a pen and piece of paper than any book, any lecture, and any, any wise person I've ever met. Uh, so, so for me, having those tools, the meditation, the contemplation, the pen and paper, 
a good posse. You need people around you who can tell you the truth, who can, who can help talk you down when you need to be talked down, uh, who can talk you up when you need to be talked up. So those are my tools. So finally, I just want to, um, want to touch on something I've, I've been really, really uh, happy and impressed you've done with, with, with some encouragement. You've, you've started doing the, the Insta Facebook Live stuff um, and and I, I feel like maybe you wouldn't have done that before this. Is that right? No, I, that was not the, that was not a thing on my radar. I I uh, I, I don't mind. I've gotten really uh, comfortable with doing podcasts. I've gotten comfortable with doing videos that are pre-recorded. The going live is almost like doing stand-up improv. Hey, Mark, be spiritual now. Hey, Mark, be witty. And uh, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, it's great though. And you know what we're seeing is we're seeing. In the podcast world, we're seeing as people readjust their routines, there's been a little bit of a dip in listenership. It's still still up 18% on last year, just to let you know. So podcasting, despite this, is still growing. There has been a dip, but there's been an uptake in live radio because I guess people are ultimately fueling their anxiety with, with their 24-hour news rotation. But to actually mm. be able to drop in and do a Facebook Live and do something when people are really at their peak of anxiety and they know that you're speaking to them right now definitely has value. And of course, the ones you're proud of and the ones you look back and say, that was a really good one. We know that we can turn those into podcasts retrospectively, right? So that's, uh, that's going to be something I hope you'll consider doing because it'll save you time, save you doing a, you know, making up more content for a podcast, which is, which is cool. So finally, look, looking around, looking around your network of people, people you work with, people you know, people you love, uh, could be a family thing, could be a community thing, uh, could be a business thing. What's impressed you? What's surprised you since this has kicked off? What are you seeing happening in the world that, that you're loving? For me, you know, 9-11 here in the US was, uh, was a pivotal moment. And in the moments after 9-11, there was a coming together. There was a, there was a dropping of the, of, the, of the teams for a little while. Actually, for only, you know, maybe, maybe a week or two. Uh, and I'm seeing that here now. I am the heroics, the humanity. Yeah, you know, the, we get uh, in the news, we see a lot of the vindictive and the selfish and the greedy. But in my life on on social media, I am seeing so much kindness. So, you know, we, I just saw a poll in the United States, should we save the economy or lives? And it was overwhelmingly lives. Like people, we, we're caring about people. We're breaking... We're breaking open. Pema Trojan says, when tragedy happens, we can either harden or soften. And I see people's hearts breaking open. I don't know if they're going to stay open, but it's such an exquisite thing to see the kindness, the, the charity, the, the, the caring. I know, you've, I know you've seen some stuff. It's been, obviously, you're on my radar, so I'm seeing what you're experiencing. And it's, uh, personally, I'm trying to, cons- obviously, I'm cons- we're all consuming content, whatever that means, all the time. I'm really trying to, not read those news headlines all the time. I'm trying to really be choosy about where I'm getting my information from because it completely affects my mood, you know, and obviously I'm working from home as we all are. I have to go in and and be a dad, you know, so if I'm doing the, uh, you know, news headlines just before I walk in to see the kids, it's, it's very different to if I'm, you know, frankly watching one of your Facebook lives or listening to a podcast that you've put out. So thank you. Thank you so much. Tell people where, they can find you. I'll obviously put all the links up on the website too. 
Uh, they uh, Mark J. Silverman.com, Mark the letter J. Silverman.com or MasteringMidlife.com, both because of you, because both of them go to the same place. So thank you for being my Svengali. Uh, so that's where you can find me. Great. Mark, thank you very, very much. Thank you, Toby. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to people. This episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan, with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cast 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar if you're feeling Pod curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com. <laughs>